This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, March 13th. Friday the 13th. Actually, a good day for the market today, even though it's Friday the 13th, 2020. And I want to put things in perspective if I can. In 1969, Hong Kong flu pandemic and also the SARS flu pandemic of 2002 both caused the stock market to uh, take pretty good hits. However, eventually the markets recovered and neither event caused a recession. It's just that no one can truly say, you know, when the market hits the bottom. I can't tell you during this pandemic. I don't, I don't know. No one knows. And this one's a little bit, it's a bit different. It's not exactly the same. But the, 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 there's a lot of, and, of course, there's potential severity of the coronavirus spreading everywhere. And I think it will, actually, to be honest. It's just how fast it will spread. And that's what, the, that's what, the, that's what we're doing here in the U.S., trying to slow its spread. And that gives time for the hospitals and everybody else to get ready and also to try to come up with a, you know, a, 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 an antidote of some kind to the virus. You know, a flu shot, basically. In 2009, a flu epidemic, and that's or the swine flu. Remember the swine flu? 2009, 2010, that last one. 2009, 2010, that was the H1N1 virus. Uh, and then there was the first H1N1 virus. That was in 1918, 1920, which was the Spanish flu. Do you remember that? I don't know. No one remembers that. But it was a long time ago, but it was pretty severe. So that's what we're dealing with now. Uh, in 2010, there was 12,469 deaths from the swine flu. 12,469. You know, in America, you know, man, have we had so far from the from the uh, coronavirus, 40 so far. And of course, it's bad. I mean, I'm not trying to belittle the deaths. It's bad, but we have hundreds of thousands of deaths from regular flu. So you can see how crazy this is getting with people reacting so violently to their fear uh, and you know I, I understand being fearful I understand it but it seems way overboard to me and now I know I know people are gonna say well but it's just getting started it's going to spread I, I understand that but you know the average age that an average age for death in uh, from this coronavirus is 80 years old so it's the older people that my my generation, you know, us, that need to worry about, not the younger generation. Anyway, so, you know, some people, have we seen enough fear built into the market? Even though the market was up 2,000 points today, it was down more than that yesterday. So it has that, what we've seen in the last two weeks is a high, high volatility, okay, as investors you want strategies to deal with this volatility. I know that, and maybe we can help you. So you can work to achieve your goal of being financial free, financially free, financial freedom. All That's all our goal, is it not? So we can't try not to, to buy into the panic, but understand what's happening here. You know, try to, try to understand what's going on and see if you can manage that fear. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you will call me today. In this hour, we're live through this Invest Talk Radio program and this podcast. Uh, we provide guidance as best we can, Justin and I, and I and I hope to make you a better investor because of it. 
So we have a, a philosophy, independent thinking and shared success. So we want to help you. And you can give me thoughts, too. I would like to hear your opinions. Uh, it doesn't have to be just one way. I'm, I'm open to any suggestions you have as well. Our company, KPP Financial, is a little bit different by the other investment advisors because, you know, we have unbiased, we give unbiased guidance, and we only recommend investment strategies that we implement for ourselves. We put our money where my mouth is. I buy the same thing for my clients as I do for myself. I'm in the same percentage, same stocks, bonds, whatever program you're in, I'm doing the same thing you are. So that's what we do. So I'm live right now. I am ready to take take your calls, answer your investment questions. Our anytime listener line number is open, and I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. So let me remind you that Justin Klein will be traveling to San Jose on March 20th. That's one week from today, and he will you know, meet with registered listeners who understand the value of receiving our no-cost, no-obligation KPP financial portfolio review. So if you want to do that, if you want to sit down with Justin for this personalized consultation in San Jose on March 20th, you got to register. You register now at investtalk.com, investtalk.com. And I'm going to be in Texas and in, uh, I think, Houston, yes, Houston on the April 17th, I think it is, and then Chicago April 20th to do the same thing, meet, meet with listeners. So just... If you're interested in that, time to, time to get on board with that, too. So just go to investtalk.com, send, send me an email, tell me you're interested, and we'll start working out the details for you. My main talking point today concerns equity markets are in a vulnerable position. The toxic fallout from the coronavirus pandemic has collided with a grossly overleveraged and vulnerable U.S. corporate sector. That's what this article, this article is about. And we're going to talk about that. I mean, we know that banks, I mean, corporations have been borrowing money, lots of money because of cheap debt was so cheap. But remember, in the recession, their income comes down, and they still got to pay that debt. It makes them vulnerable. That's what leverage is. So I got some other things I want to talk about. Do you, do you know from the very top of the market to the very bottom of the market how much, how much damage was done? How far did the S&P 500 go down? So I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about developing a plan to deal with this, to deal with the market. Let's talk about a plan, okay? And maybe you don't have a plan, maybe you already have a plan, but I'm going to give you some help and some guidance on getting a plan together. And how to get your mind off of the coronavirus. I got some suggestions for that. Get your mind off of it. Don't, you don't have to live and breathe the coronavirus. I don't want to, but you don't either. You don't want, doesn't have to. It doesn't mean you're not paying attention. It just means you don't have to worry about it every second of the day. Okay? So that's what we're going to talk about. Of course, you come first. The market was up 1985 for the Dow, up 673 for the NASDAQ, up 230 for the S&P 500. And that was not up enough to overcome yesterday's downfall. I mean, got most of it back, but not all of it. So, give me a call. Love to hear you. Let's go to Robert in Vancouver. Let's talk about gold. How's it going there out there in Vancouver, Washington? So I have uh, a lot of relatives there, Robert. Steve, how are you? Good. So, I've been listening to your podcast a lot, and uh -huh. you keep saying buy gold, buy gold, but yep. 
gold is down. I mean, yeah. it's like been down like almost 30%. And I, I, hit pretty hard I thought too, like, like with all the fear else. and the panic, it would go up. Why is it going down? Well, I can tell you why. Everybody's selling everything that's liquid. That's uh, The panic selling meant they sell, sold all the gold mining stocks. They, they went, all went to cash. I don't know why they did, but they did. So it was part of the panic selling, uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure why anybody would do that, but I, we held on to our gold positions, and we still do, because generally, gold goes up when the dollar goes down. But take a look at the dollar. See, the dollar spiked up, spiked up. So that was big. The dollar went up, and if dollar goes up, gold goes down generally. So why did the dollar go up? I mean, what made the dollar so strong? You know, that was kind of odd as well in this moment. So everything is kind of abnormal right now, Robert. But I will tell you this. Gold probably is still a good place. It's, it's a hedge against the market, just not a very – it's not a perfect hedge. It's just a hedge. And sometimes it doesn't work, but most of the time it works. So I'm not sure why, other than everybody panicked out and sold everything. Well, I appreciate the call. Thank you. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I want to let you know that I sound differently today because I'm using a telephone line to get my voice to the radio studio. Why? Well, we're experiencing technical problems with our internet studio link, and our toll-free number is working now for most callers, but... The voicemail capability is out. I mean, you talk about bad timing. So, so we're working on it, though. We should. We hope to have it fixed here. But I really, really thank you for your patience. And we're working on the repairs over the weekend. We'll try to get it done. Now, to go to break, I invite you to call 888-99-CHART. At a time of great interest in the market, InvestTalk listeners are invited to expand their stock and strategy guidance information by listening to a special new bonus podcast, the InvestTalk Rapid Fire Hour. Go to investtalk.com to see the podcast listing for the March Bonus Show. Okay, let's talk to John in Santa Cruz. Wants to talk about uh, Lionel Basil Industries. How are you doing, John? Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, yes, I uh, I've owned this before, and uh, it's starting to look attractive with a nine percent dividend. But I wondered if the dividend is safe. Um, uh, I, I would question it, John, simply because of the industry that's in. It's uh, it's a Netherlands-based manufacturer of polypropylene compounds, polypropylenes, and polyethanol, poly- uh, and those kinds of things, ethylenopropylene. And so that's all oil-based, right? It's made from mm-hmm. oil stuff, the base of the, the stock of oil to make these products. So... I, and if the oil if it's, is much cheaper now, so that could be beneficial. But it is probably pretty cyclical. It pays a 9% dividend. They have, have earning $10.53 next year, and that's probably going to be downgraded, John. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a $46 stock. So based on those numbers, it's pretty cheap. You know, the PIP mm-hmm. is very low, 5. But do, I don't want do you to know get if too excited about it. you know they've ever cut their dividend? 
It has a lot of debt. Pays a huge dividend, nine mm-hmm. percent. Is a dividend safe? Well, the cash flow is huge at fourteen dollars. So based just on that, you know, it should be pretty safe. I mean, it's a fifty fifty percent or less payout ratio, which means you know they're not paying out even half of their earnings in dividend, and about a third of their third of their uh, cash flow in dividend. So based simply on that, yeah, this this dividend is pretty secure. But then again, it has has some debt. It's 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 kind of like got a lot of debt, and that that's going to be tough to pay off if if we have a worldwide you know recession. That's your danger. John, appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, let's go to uh, Usher in Houston. How you doing, Usher? Usher, you there? Usher in Houston. Wants to talk about Berkshire Hathaway. Usher, you there? Okay, yes. I guess it's um, not so there. what is the right time to put in the money? Like, I thought it okay. was a good time to invest right now. Okay, this is Berkshire Hathaway we're talking about. And of course, you know that's Warren Buffett's company. And, you know, is it cheap enough to buy? That's really, is the market done with its correction? Is it, not, or is bear, are we done with the bear market? And I'm going to say probably not, Usher. So I think it might be premature to get into Berkshire Hathaway if you have it. It is a great, solid company to own because Berkshire Hathaway owns a bunch of other companies. So you have kind of a mini mutual fund because they own a bunch of companies. But, you know, and, and, and Warren Buffett is a value player. When you see him starting to deploy his cash, that's really what you want to look for. When he starts to buy things, that might be the time you buy Berkshire Hathaway stock. And he'll, they'll be, the, he, he'll, you'll know it. He'll be announcing. You want to see him put someone, he has a huge cash hoard to put to work. He's been sitting on cash a long time, and I'm pretty sure he's been waiting for this kind of event. He didn't know it would be the coronavirus or whatever. He just was waiting for it. He buys, he puts a lot of money to work in the depths of recession. So we're not there yet, but I can see him doing that. I really can. Okay, on the Nest Invest Talk, thanks for calling, by the way, Usher, I appreciate it. On the Nest Invest Talk, this story, small businesses say the coronavirus is causing supply chain squeezes. New data shows that the current effects, you know, may be limited. That's next on the Invest Talk. 888-99-CHARTS. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. Okay, so as you know, as you know, on Friday, I usually give out um, some statistics for the week, okay? The 10-year treasury is now at, pays 9.946% yield for 10 years, okay? And the 2-year treasury, 0.498, so half a percent. So the spread between the 10-year and the 2-year is still healthy, but it's going down. Those things are much lower. How far down are they? Can they go to negative? Yes, they can. That's possible, 
I don't, you know, and the Fed, I think, is going to lower rates. So it is possible. The two-year Treasury only paying a half a percent for two years. But if you had a 10-year, it would only pay not even a whole percent per year. Oil has been crushed at $31 a barrel because of, you know, Russia and Saudi battle over production of oil. I don't know when that gets solved, but, you know, it's going to help the consumers because our gasoline prices are going to go down. Right now, they're at $2.30 a gallon. Here in California, it's $3.38 a gallon, but that should come down with oil prices coming down. And did you see Bitcoin? It's only at $5,722. It dropped significantly, so Bitcoin was not a flight to safety from the volatility, the down volatility of the market, the the fall of the stock prices. And gold wasn't either, everybody. As we mentioned earlier, and I'm the caller, gold was it's at $15.17 an ounce, and it was getting up there closer to 2000 an ounce. So it really did not do what it normally does when the stock market falls. It was not a hedge this time. Now, whether will it continue to not be a hedge, it's hard to tell. But gold usually is where people will run to, but everybody sold it. Everything in the last this last week or so, and consumer sentiment is still pretty high. Now the March number was 112 and a half, February was 114 and, and 0.8. Well, that's not much of a fall, but you know, I never did like the consumer sentiment number, but it's it's going to come down. People are afraid. So many people are afraid. It's definitely going to come down. So don't think it won't. My main talking point today. Equity markets are vulnerable and are still in a vulnerable position. That's the word of a a bear bear person, Albert Edwards. He writes this, and he's very he's been a bear for a long time. So of course now the bears are going to come out of the woodwork saying, "See, I was right." I love that. They always come out after the after the market falls, but they've been wrong for years, 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 years. years. Oh, now I'm right. Well, shoot, I <laughs> that doesn't help us much. But he feels the toxic fallout from the coronavirus pandemic bursting of the Fed's everything bubble has collided with the grotesquely overleveraged and vulnerable U.S. corporate sector. Now, remember, he's a long-term bear. So he feels that the, 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 the corporations have borrowed way too much money because it's been so cheap, and that's going to be a big problem if you add that on top of this pandemic, which will could possibly throw U.S. in recession, and I'm pretty sure it's going to push Europe in, into recession. So he's talking about, well, in a recession, how are these corporations going to pay all this debt? Even though it's cheap debt, they're still going to pay it when their earnings and, and uh, sales are going down. So that's what he's talking about. How bad that's going to be? Well, you just got to pay attention. You know, if you're an investor, you've uh, got to pay attention to the debt that the corporations have. And you've heard me talk about that. Justin talks about debt. Debt is not a good thing. Uh, there are good uses of debt. There are times when you want debt, but you don't put on debt just because you can put on debt. That makes no sense. So that's what he's talking about when he says, oh, this is not over. Well, I could say that. It's pretty easy to say it's not over because it probably won't be over the, the, the pain of the stock market probably won't be over until we see a uh, a peak in the number of cases in the U.S. 
or some dramatic move. And you saw what happened today when Trump got up there and spoke in the last hour of trading with a bunch of executives, right? So the market liked that. So it thinks, you know, that, okay, maybe they're getting on top of it. But I'm not buying that yet. I think we've just got to be patient here. It's the fear that's driving us, okay? It's the fear that will cause the recession. We are just fine. If people would just do their normal activity, we'd be fine. But people are not doing their normal activity. Governments are saying, don't go to any events. Don't be around large people. That's going to take its toll. It's going to take its toll on our economy. How big of a toll? Don't know yet. But I guarantee the next two quarters are going to be flat to negative. We're not going to see any growth. I'm pretty sure of that. So, so stock market history shows that investors do react to epidemics and pandemics. However, this is my trivia question, by the way. However, other issues also affect markets. To date, the most significant outbreak was the Spanish flu, uh, the pandemic of 1918, which is the catastrophe against which all other modern pandemics are measured. Now, as we go to break, here's my trivia question. During the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918 to 1919, how much of a drop occurred in the S&P 500 index? I'll have the answer for you after the break, everybody. So how much did the S&P drop from that catastrophe? That was a big one. But now we're taking your market and financial questions live, 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. They're always changing. I got them at $3.99 and it took a major hit. First up, then down, then up again, or maybe sideways. What would be a good entry point? On Invest Talk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners and their portfolios. Carl in Ohio, he wants to talk about his 401k. Hi, Justin. Uh, long-time listener of the show. I absolutely love it. Let's go to Dave in San Leandro. You've got to be prepared for volatility. I want to know what you think for someone like me. And they know it. I'm 31 years old. So the questions keep coming. Should I dollar cost average that? 24-7. How much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? From every part of America. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name's Josh calling from Buffalo, New York. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks for everything you guys do. And here's one number that keeps rising. More than 20 million InvestTalk podcast downloads. And for that, Steve and Justin thank their loyal listeners. I find you guys to be pretty much entirely trustworthy. So I'm curious, how do you do that? Independent thinking, shared success. It's all about the numbers. InvestDoc.com. In a matter of days, Justin Klein will be meeting with registered InvestTalk listeners in San Jose, California. And next month, Steve Peasley will travel to two cities for portfolio consultation appointments, Houston, Texas on April 17th and Chicago, Illinois on April 20th. Learn more and register soon at investtalk.com. 
Okay, I had a trivia question before the break, uh, and the trivia was about the Spanish flu. During the Spanish flu pandemic, which was 1918 and 1919, how much of a drop occurred for the S&P 500 index? I think all of you know by now, because if you listen to the radio or TV or anything else, you know what a pandemic is. It's global. It goes across continents and borders. It, you know, flus, we've had a number of them. I think we had four, uh, four major pandemics uh, uh, in this century, and with the, we've had influenza pandemics for about four centuries that we have been tracking. Okay, in the 20th century, we had three, I'm sorry, not four, 1918, 1957, and 1968. They were all pandemics. And today, the most significant was the, was the Spanish flu of 1918. So stock market Stock market returns for 1918 are pretty hard to obtain, and it's so we. But we, we, there was one big event that happened. Remember, how about World War One ended? Remember, 1914, 1918 was World War One. The S&P index can be tracked back to 1871. However, it fell 24.7 percent in 1918. Fell. 24.7% 24.7% in 1980, and rose 8.9% in 1919. So it fell hard when it started. But remember, the pandemic went from 1918 and 1919. It rose, SB rose in 1919. Another interesting fact is the UK equity market, the United Kingdom, uh, it rose uh, in 1918 by 27%. I'm sorry, it rose 24, 25% in 1918 and then 27% in 1919. So it rose strongly in the years that the flu was, was killing the most people. Why? I don't know. Maybe because World War I over and it affected them much, much stronger. I don't know. Okay, let's go to, uh, let's go to Usher in New Jersey. Want to talk about gold mining stocks. Usher, how you doing? Uh, pretty good, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling. Sure. So I'm calling about you know uh, the stock miners, uh, the, the the gold miners uh, in the, you know fund. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, ticker symbol is GDX, right. and uh, it's falling, falling, and falling. So I've been slowly and gradually buying it. I actually bought more. It fell below twenty dollars. The question to you is, it, it, you know, as it Falling, do you think it's at some point it's going to bounce back? It seems like with you know with today's Trump's uh, uh, press conference, it, it has put some confidence back into the market. So maybe the short term pain is over. So with that, right. do you think this is going to fall, keep falling, or is it going to bounce back? At I, I would be surprised if it does. Uh, it fell because the dollar got strong because uh, of what the announcement by the by Trump and his people that was behind them, you know, all those corporate CEOs and stuff. But, you know, the facts are the facts. The facts are that the economy is going to slow, that how slow we don't know, and that usually in a recession or if a recession-like event, gold generally goes up. Today we had a very strong run-up in the dollar, so I'm assuming that that dollar will probably calm back down and gold will probably go up. That's generally the pattern in this kind of environment, gold usually is the place you want to be, but not. there's been very odd that uh, happened today. Usher, thanks for the call. appreciate it. Let's go to Kevin in Philadelphia. He wants to talk about Pfizer. How you doing, Kevin? How's it going out there in Philadelphia? Hey, Steve. Steve, thanks a lot for taking my call. Things are good. Things are good. I, uh, 
Good. Went out to lunch today, and I know there's that three-foot rule where you have to stay away from someone. You may catch it. And uh, I didn't have any problem, ironically. My wife and I, we were at a restaurant, and there was no one within 30 feet of us because uh, it was empty. <laughs> it was empty. So, yeah. yeah. See, that, that, but, that, that uh, tells you something. See, that's yeah. why, Kevin, the economy is going to suffer. I mean, yeah. it's just because yeah. well, people are not doing their normal it, thing. It, it, it seems gonna, like... I'm wondering if we turned a corner here, like with this, uh, uh, the talk the president gave and, you know, the market shot up. It seems like there's a lot of confidence coming back. And yep. I thought I was going to hold off for a couple of weeks when this buying Pfizer. And I wonder if I should just hop in there Monday. I, I like Pfizer a lot. Um, develops branded prescription drugs for cardiovascular and metabolic diseases. Uh, they uh, they are very they're very low priced. Uh, they're going to make two dollars sixty one cents. It's hard for me to see Pfizer's earnings suffering much, even in this recession. I mean, think okay. about what yeah. this pandemic. They're, doing. They're, so, they're a solid company. They really are. Yeah, they are. For, they pay a four point six percent dividend. That's not a problem. A thirty two dollars stock. You're looking at a, what a ten PE or so. Um, so I kind of like it, um, and you're going to get that 4.6. So if you're patient, yeah, you can buy it. What I might suggest is maybe buying half a position because I don't think the fall of the market is really over yet, Kevin. I think we're going to see some continued volatility. I think we might be getting close, but I don't think it's over yet. So just be careful and maybe step in. Don't just jump in, Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Kevin. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to subscribers this morning, and it was packed with helpful information, as usually is every Friday. Uh, in the market conditions sections, I explained that the last two weeks have produced some of the most downward volatility we've seen in a decade or longer. Uh, without the built-in timeouts, remember they have those uh, try stop trading times when the market falls seven percent, they stop trading for fifteen minutes. Uh, without those, it could have been faster and steeper, okay? But because they stops, the, it helps stop the panic selling. So I expect that, and I say I said in the KPP Militia, I expect a, a a a short rally to ensue, simply because it got overbought. And may, I don't know if today was it. I'm not sure, but it is kind of interesting that the Friday, a Friday, the market ended on a high. Remember, there's two days of news coming out about the pandemic. So we'll see. What you really want to see is some follow-through, maybe to Monday or Tuesday, you know, the market being stronger. That would, be, that would be significant, in my opinion. That means we have a short-term bottom in. But we don't know that yet. But I haven't talked about that in the newsletter. Portfolio management section, uh, I mentioned, uh, about, mentioned diversification and some important tools that you should use. Lower your risk, increase your reward. But what happens when that diversification does not work? Because it certainly didn't in the last couple of weeks. Everybody sold everything. They just wanted out. Why? I'm not sure why there was so much panic. I just don't get it myself. I don't understand it, but that's the way it is. Now, the panic is going to cause the recession. So it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, But what do you do? The only safe place I mentioned is probably cash. So, but if you're already in the market, you're still in the market, you might as well ride it through. Might as well stop worrying about it, stop looking at it. 
Um, I also highlighted a couple ETFs uh, that go in the opposite direction of the S&P 500 as hedges, you know, that you might want to try. So that's what's the newsletter, premium, KPP premium newsletter. It goes out every Friday. So, oh, and also I mentioned in the consumer section, um, refinancing, talking about refinancing, did you notice that the 30-year mortgage went up this week, not down? Why? When the Federal Reserve lowered rates last week, and they're probably going to lower more. Everybody knows that. Everybody in the business knows it. So why would interest rates go up? Why would the mortgage rate goes up? And I explained what happened. What happened is it's simple. It's very, very simple. The banks got overloaded with too much refinancing, and they wanted to slow it down. So how do they slow it down? By raising their interest rates until they get caught up. So I said, don't, don't, don't worry. You haven't missed the lows. It's still, still going to come. So I think we'll get down to 3%. I really do. We could get below 3 but that's going to be a tough, tough barrier to break. Remember, that's, that would be all-time records. Last week it was all-time records. I think it was 3.29, I think. This week I think it was 3.36. So that's what we're looking at. That's the newsletter, everybody. So if you ever want to subscribe to it, just go to KPP Financial and check it out. I'm Steve Pease, and you're listening to Invest Talk. As you make your investment choices, there will always be a bit of fear. You know, fear you miss out or fear it's going to go down, fear that your judgment was wrong. Fear comes with taking risk. But how can you control that fear? Well, you can control that fear by adjusting your risk. How much risk are you willing to take and comfortable with? I talked about this. This is a good test these last couple of weeks. Are you able to handle this risk, and are you freaking out you shouldn't because you shouldn't be so well so highly invested that it worries you or if you are highly invested you know that it's going to come back and you're not going to worry about it but that doesn't seem to be what's happening and never does when the market crashes or falls fear takes over so my advice for dealing with this is take our uh, take the kpp premium the, the uh, online risk questionnaire Okay, and I go to KPP Financial to do it. It's a free online tool. Okay, Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire. It'll it'll rate it'll rate your risk tolerance from zero to one hundred, and the higher the number, the more risk tolerance you have. And eighty is about the S and P five hundred. So if you are you get a score of fifty you're, and you're fully invested, you're taking too much risk for your comfort zone. So that's how we do this. That's how we judge your risk tolerance. So go to investtalk.com or kppfinancial.com, take the risk questionnaire. Now I'm ready to take your questions, 888-99-CHART. In a matter of days, Justin Klein will be meeting with registered InvestTalk listeners in San Jose, California. That's right, March 20th is the date, and Justin will be conducting personalized portfolio reviews at no cost and without obligation. And next month, Steve Peasley will travel to two cities for portfolio consultation appointments, Houston, Texas on April 17th and Chicago, Illinois on April 20th. Learn more and register soon at investtalk.com. Hello, Steve and Justin. This is Carlos from Los Angeles. I just want to say that I look up to you guys and I feel that Steve is a mentor. Growing up, I didn't have a father figure, so just listening to you guys really motivates me, and the program is great. Just have a quick question about simple QSO 
wondering what you guys thought about uh, USO ETF. I'll be listening in. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, okay. Well, the USO is a nice age oil fund. It's an ETF seeking the performance corresponding to the spot price of oil, right? So if you feel oil is really low and you think it eventually will spring back to its normal price, which was around $50, $60 in that range, then this will work because it fell from 1250 which is around between 11 and $13 for last year plus, it fell from that level down to $6.96 as it is today. And I noticed the last one, two, three, four, five days, five days ago it bottomed, and it retested that bottom yesterday successfully. Now it's up today. So um, it looks like it might be putting in a bottom here, at least trying, and that might be a decent bet for it to go back up into the $11, $12 range, it's a question of how long, how long will it take? Well, when Russia and Saudi Arabia finally get together and agree on production numbers, if they ever do, remember, they both want higher prices. They desperately need, both desperately need higher prices because both countries run their governments on oil income. Both countries do. They need higher prices. That's one of the reasons why they don't want to stop production. They want to increase production so that they can make more money. But that doesn't work when the price goes down and you got a glut of oil. Price, prices go down. Supply and demand, simple as that. So at some point they're going to come together and oil should spike up. And if that happens, then this is going up and your big integrated oil companies will go up in value as well. They also got hit. So that's what I think. Okay, top to bottom, how far do you think the market went down? Remember, that was up 1,985 points today on the Dow, 673 points on the NASDAQ, and 230 points on the S&P. But that was, didn't recover all the fall from yesterday. Did not. I think it was about three or 400 points down from yesterday's fall. So the 300 points difference. Anyway, from top to bottom, for the S&P 500, it's been a 28% bear market. Remember, a Correction is anything under 20%. We have not had a bear market since 2008. 2008. And this happened in two weeks. Very, very fast. Kind of reminiscent of the, of the, 1980, in the 1987 crash on October 19, 1987. The market went down 20 points. It was 508 points, by the way. That was 20% went down 20%, 508 points. But why did it fall 20% in one day? Well, there were no curbs in to stop the fall then. We had two, two, two times this week the curbs were put in and slowed the panic selling. But you still, have to have, still had a lot of selling pressure during that time. But very interesting. 20, that was the, from top to bottom. There certainly is a lot of bargains to be out there right now. I just don't know if it's time to jump in. This is Best Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom, right? We all want financial freedom. I want financial freedom. And, of course, our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in. Do it right now at 888-99-CHARTS. Welcome to Friday. It's been a wild ride in the market, so strap on your risk belt and pop in your earbuds. 
This is Invest Talk, and now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Tell your investor friends and neighbors that Steve Peasley is on duty and taking listener questions now. 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Jason. I am currently looking to invest in either PCG or BGS. I think they hit the bottom, but I just want to ask for your view on the intermediate and long-term view on these stocks. Thank you. Have a good day. Well, I can do one at a time. So let's talk about the first one you mentioned, PCG, PG&E Corporation, engaged in generation and distribution of electricity and natural gas in northern central California. And, of course, they were plagued with the fires, right, and, and, and lawsuits from those fires. So that's why the stock is so cheap. They're going to make $4.33. Normally, a utility like this is pretty, pretty safe. They have no dividend because they're paying all kinds of liabilities, and we don't know how much more they have to pay. It's a $10.21 stock going to make $4.33. So obviously that's very low P.E., 2, 3 P.E. Uh, the stock got as low as $4 back in October last year and as high as $18 in about three weeks ago. So that's where you are. So um, I would I don't have a problem with utilities, especially if, but especially utility that has low debt, if you can find one. This one has a lot of unknowns. That's why it's so cheap. And the unknown is, is it going to survive? And the answer is, it looks like it's going to survive. They make decent money, but how much are they going to have to pay out in uh, fines and lawsuits and all those things? And I think that's still not quite certain. I don't care for it simply because the fire risk in California is always present, and this is always going to be a, a, an issue overhanging them. And that's what, I just don't want to have that unknown hanging over my head. I just don't think it's a good idea to buy it. That's PCG, everybody. Okay, now you now that maybe you can take a little bit of breather with all this all this falling in the stock market and a bounce up today of two thousand points. Please don't think that the market's done with its volatility. It's not. But maybe you can take a breather. I want you to come up with a plan for your finances. That plan could be this. The plan could be, I am not going to touch it, I'm going to ignore it, and I'm not going to do it, worry about it wherever it goes, because five years from now it will be higher. That could be the plan. But I want you to be conscious of your decisions if that's a plan. You can have a plan of, well, I want to produce so much cash to be ready to buy, so much stocks, and maybe a, your plan to include a certain percentage of dividend-paying stocks, core holdings. I just want you to, to come up with a plan of what you're going to do. You know, maybe you should look at your holdings and say the plan is, I want to now look at my holdings and find out which ones are the most, which of my holdings are the most exposed to a coronavirus problem. Okay, and that would be like airlines, right? Uh, that would be like cruise ships. You know, and it was very difficult getting out of cruise ship stocks because of how much selling there was going on. But now with a breather, you can say, okay, what should I do now? What are, what are, my, what are my options? Like, for instance, we sold a couple, three stocks today because the market was up. And we wanted to get out on an up day of those things we thought we're exposed to the coronavirus. Also, what about debt? 
if we go into recession, stocks carrying a lot of debt are going to have a problem. Maybe your plan is to pare those down. All I'm asking you is develop a conscious effort in what you should have and what you shouldn't have in your portfolio. That's what I'm suggesting. So I think that'd be a good idea. And one other thing. One other thing. What do you, you need to get your mind off this coronavirus. Take a breather from worrying about it. Watch some mindless sitcoms on TV or listen to some music. Bake some bread. Do something. Do something with your family. Play board games with your family. Clean up the garage. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do to take your mind off all this volatility we're dealing with. Life is short, people. Very short. So enjoy some of it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, everybody. I will return on Tuesday. In the meantime, please feel free to search, browse, download, and rate our Investop podcast. You can find them on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and investtalk.com. So I want you to have all a great weekend. Stay healthy, and I'll see you on Tuesday. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.